Okay, so I have with me today somebody I've never met in person before. <laughs> okay, so I've had other people I haven't met in person. All right, so big deal. But the big deal is, is that, um, you know, we're talking today to a Black creative and somebody who's been doing some interesting things um, using their creative talents and skills to help talk about mental health in the Black creative space. And that person is Alfred, but I am going to let Alfred introduce himself. I hope I didn't do too many spoiler alerts. So Alfred, why don't you introduce yourself? Not at all. Uh, I am Alfred Nomad. I am, to not go too long with it, I'm basically an artist that uses music and world building as a way to give messages as well as um, connect with community and build community and in any ways that I can make change for uh, marginalized communities, especially Black communities. I'm, I'm from from the Midwest. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, but I've moved around a lot. Um, I've hence the nomad part of my name. But um, through that, I've been able to to connect with people more so than places. Um, so you know, being able to build community and have um, and and do things for people has always been important for me. And I uh, created a project called Everything Will Be All Right. Uh, more most recently, that is focused on mental health, self care, and the importance of community. And I've been using that for the last couple of years uh, to not only raise funds, but provide resources for Black creatives and other marginalized creatives. Um, and it's been, it's been a great process. Cool. So um, first of all, you said that, you, you know, uh, nomad comes from you being a nomad. And, you know, many people, when I, you know, talked a little bit about my own story on the podcast is um, my father was in the military. And so we traveled around quite a bit. I was born overseas and, you know, kind of back and forth between, you know, living overseas and living in the United States. And, you know, they call kids of, of uh, people in the military, like for army, it's an army brat. And I always say, no, I'm really much more of a global nomad. So when you said the word nomad, I'm like, yes, yes, I so understand that, you know, um, yeah. rather than thinking of myself as having bratty experiences or tied to a particular place. It's really about sort of the different people I've met and creating community with those people. So yeah, can you talk a little bit more about sort of what that looks like for you and the type of uh, music you're doing and the type of arts that you're involved in? Well, one with moving around a lot, like I, I had that people, when I was younger, people would think that I was, they would ask if I was like a military kid or something because I moved around so much, but it, it just, that's just kind of what happened. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it, at certain times when I moved, it was because of things in my family happening, you know, and I found refuge thankfully in music and writing first so I started out as a poet actually and poetry kind of became an outlet for me to uh to express myself and 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 it was a creative outlet you know I feel like I've always been artistic in some sort of way I drew a lot as a kid too and and got pretty good at it but music kind of just kept a hold on me so uh yeah but uh, hip-hop is is the genre if you want to say but i'm more definitely an mc but um I, I just love being able to storytell and and also just um you know use it as a as a fun creative outlet and uh through doing it i've always also had an independent mindset around my creativity and wanting to have creative freedom and sticking to my own morals and and not you know selling myself out with with what i do so having a uh, you know, having that has been important. So through through doing that, you know, I would do a lot myself, but then you also have to find people that are like-minded or have common goals. And through that, I've been able to be blessed with an amazing group of people that 
I can work with and that believe in me. And I started to build things bigger than myself, build uh, brands just in, in different things I was doing around it uh, that were bigger than myself. I started a brand called Love, which stands spell LXVE, stands for Love and Value Everything and Everyone. And that was where I was doing merchandise as well as uh, starting to put on my own events um, and kind of make it inclusive for more people to be able to be involved. So, you know, cause I was seeing kind of holes in all the different shows I was doing. I was doing every show you could do in Atlanta <laughs> when I was going mm. to school there. And I just saw holes in the, the events weren't for the artists. They were kind of more so for the people putting it on. So I wanted to do that, that actually benefited the people that are involved in, in bringing people out. So and it just kind of became its own thing. And I've just been continuing to build from there. Um, and now I have like my own platform. I can put my own content on along with other people I've co-founded it with. And, and we're just continuing to grow and build our own thing and kind of do it our own way. Wow. So when you talk about this, so interesting when you're talking about, um, you know, for the benefit of the artist and kind of having the artist in mind, how did that lead to your thinking about the mental health or emotional well-being of the artists themselves, of the creatives themselves? How, like, how did all of that come together for you? We're all trying to figure these things out. And a lot of a lot of systems in place are not meant for the people on the front lines, if you want to say, of whatever that is, to be the ones to actually benefit. And when it comes to the project that I ended up doing around mental health, it was really my own struggles that started it. Uh, I moved out to L.A., from Atlanta. And it was very difficult when I first got out there, like my first year and a half, I'd say being out there was just tough. Like the cost of living was crazy. And the lifestyle I had in Atlanta wouldn't suffice in, in LA. And that became very tough. And I was working like four jobs and I lost my grandmother. And it was just like a whole bunch of stuff was going on. Hmm. I was newly married. So I was <laughs> figuring that out too. So it was just a lot of stuff at once. And I had my own like emotional breakdown moment and it kind of gave me a, a, the, the light bulb moment that I needed to say like, hey, like this mental health thing is important. Like I need to focus on that and like, what is this? And kind of analyze that. And throughout that whole process, I was telling myself that everything will be all right. And, and the music I was making at the time kind of fit that, you know, I didn't plan on making the whole, this whole everything will be right experience. It never was planned from the jump. It kind of just kept happening. And I was kind of following where I was, mm-hmm. what was happening around me, following the creativity, but also seeing the, seeing the needs that were, that were there at the time, not only for myself, but the people around me and how I could use it. So I always used uh, my creativity as a tool to be able to help build things bigger than myself. So, you know, I ended up saying, okay, I'm going to use this project and focus on have a focus on mental health in it. And I'm going to go into it as a student myself. And I need to learn more about mental health and I can make it uh, inclusive where other people can learn too. And maybe I can partner with some mental health you know, professionals in some sort of way and, and bring them in. And so we can get, you know, some, some actual advice about it. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then it was like, okay. And then speaking with them and seeing the, the, discrepancies when it comes to mental health resources and therapy, especially for, for black communities and, and communities of color, is just not as available. There's not as much representation. There's just all these different, again, seeing holes in certain things uh, and just wanting to figure out what I could do to help that, you know, um, mm-hmm. not only would I benefit, but other people can benefit too. And we're all kind of learning together. Yeah. That's a little bit like, 
how UBU or this podcast came about in a way. Um, you know, I've been doing this work in mental health for quite some time. And I kept seeing this, this gap or hole or, or sort of missing piece for the Black community. Like, how are we talking about mental health and um, emotional well-being in ways that can resonate with the Black community? Where are Black psychiatrists? Where are the Black therapists? Where are the Black peer supporters? Like, hello, hello, like you're there somewhere. Where are you? And yeah. um, I was meeting people along the way, but um, somehow our stories, our experiences um, weren't really out there. Do you know what I mean? We knew each other, but yeah. like, did other people know who we were? No, not really. <laughs> so I thought, hmm, maybe, you know, starting up a, a podcast and uh, being able to capture these stories and these experiences so that it becomes a learning journey, right? So we're right. all learning together. We're all sharing our stories together. And uh, for people who, you know, might not know, they might get the information and start to learn with us and grow with us. And I also think of it as an advocacy tool, like how can we um, encourage people to think about professions in mental health, especially black and brown folks who are so underrepresented in the licensed professions. So um, I really like this idea of kind of using our experiences not just to help ourselves, but to help others and learn and grow as we go along. So when you're doing this, how have therapists been involved? Because it's not just like, oh, let me talk to a therapist, but you've done something pretty interesting, getting some funding and stuff. So you can tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. So like I said, I didn't want to come off as an expert at all. And I knew I needed people who actually knew what they were talking about. So and I knew the direction I wanted to go and I wanted to create these spaces. I had done these in-person events, but then also this whole thing, I guess I I should start with that. It started in 2020. Um, I planned to release this project in 2020 and I was intending to do a tour and and all these other things, but uh, then of course COVID hit and everything became virtual. And I kind of used that as opportunity rather, because then everybody, not only were we all at home, but we had time. Most people had time at that point. So, and, and people were looking for ways to engage and still have some sort of um, communication with people. So I decided to create these um, spaces virtually. Well, I was looking for um, different mental health organizations that uh, could help with finding therapists, um, a Black therapists and therapists of color. And I was blessed with being able to connect with um, inclusive therapists and therapy in color. And uh, those were two organizations that um, have direct help with finding directories for black therapists and therapists of color and for um, people of color, as well as LGBTQ plus um, people as well. So I brought in um, some of them as representatives and a few other uh, therapists outside of them. And we created these spaces to have conversations um, around mental health, which was great. And I also have my album, uh, my original album called Everything Will Be All Right as well, that every session that I did, I would talk about a topic that I talked about on the album. So I would take a song and I would also use it as a way to not only present some music, but um, we could have conversation, honest conversations about some of this stuff and, and give insight and give a, a chance for people to speak with a mental health professional and then also leave people with what are the resources that are there? What, what's kind of available right now to you? So, um, so I, I did that. And then I also through that, through starting to do that um, and seeing that, you know, how people felt like they didn't have access to therapy as well. So I started to an initiative called Everything Will Be Right Initiative. And that was where we raised the fund to help provide therapy um, for Black creatives. And we were able to provide some um, therapy sessions, um, which was which was amazing, too. Mm-hmm. And just continuing to, to help. And, and we brought in not only therapy, but 
other um, types of people as well. Like, you know, I, we would meditate during the sessions as well and just talk about other alternative ways of self-care that you could, that yeah. you could do as well. And it was so many interesting to see so many people that not only had never been to therapy, but because that was kind of normal because I hadn't before then either. But uh, it, how many people had never even like meditated before or, or even knew what other options there could be when it comes to looking at therapy? Because it's in the black community, it can be sometimes like that is taboo. I was kind of raised that way in a sense. It was like, you know, I'm not going to pay somebody, some, I'm not crazy. One, it's like, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm not going to pay this random person just to hear me talk or to whatever. Like, I don't need somebody to do that. I can handle it or whatever, you know, or we yeah. can just go to church and pray it away, you know, which is, is, is good to have too. But you know, the, the, it's, there's, there's more to it and more ways to, to deal with your, your own mental health and, and taking it serious. So it's kind of breaking down those barriers too, and just giving that information as well. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was a, a great experience. And then, you know, I just been able to kind of build, build from there, but that's how I was able to, uh, to connect and, and start working with, mental health organizations. Wow. So for the album, Everything Will Be All Right, can you talk a little bit about some of the um, tracks? And you were saying um, you would introduce a topic and it could be one of the songs or tracks on the album. So what were some of those topics? The whole album is a journey from being feeling secluded like when you're when you're depressed you kind of seclude yourself you're you're alone you you don't really you kind of you might feel lost or like you're in the dark and it's kind of starting from there of of feeling alone and and not really being able to see left from right and trying to figure things out and and starting from there so that's that's one um conversation we also i had a a song on there that's really important to me and it's very personal for me and it still is a little bit tough to listen to sometimes it's called suffer in silence and it's about us not wanting to, to talk about the things that we do and we just kind of deal with it and grit our teeth and bear it you know and mm-hmm. and, and whether that be you don't want to bother other people or you just don't want people to know what you're going through or you feel like nobody else can understand what you're going through so that was uh, one of the songs that we we did as well. Another one is called Fly Away, which is kind of like a victory lap of it, but it's, it talks about community. And we talked about um, ways of advocacy for community, um, as well as with not only with mental health, but just building a community. With, with that, we also talked about uh, voting. We talked about um, educated voting. Um, what are the roles and, and, and people that you need to know about in your own local government and where where can you go to vote like what kind of information you can look up what are the resources available talked about those kind of things I have another song called Innocence which is about fatherhood and so we talked about fatherhood and manhood and and what does that mean and what is that with mental health as well and therapy a lot of men don't talk it's funny you'll have a, a men will have a guy friend that you've been buddies with for 20 years and y'all still maybe have things you don't talk about you know um mm-hmm. and there's things you can find out about which actually happened in some of those sessions like we talked about certain things like people like i didn't know that you know um wow. with, about certain people that, that people knew so you know those are some of the, the topics that we talked about wow it makes it seem super accessible, meaning um, kind of an easier way to open up a little bit when you hear, number one, somebody else talking about it, but also talking about it through the genre of music. So that kind of, to, to me, it's like, oh, I can separate myself a little bit from it, feel a little bit safer to enter in when um, I'm either, you know, reading somebody else's story or listening to music and talking to other people. There's an artist that um, I actually don't know the person, but been following this artist's journeys, uh, like a graphic artist, I guess. And um 
you know, they've been far more open about uh, living with their own mental health struggles as they lead these meditative art classes that are sort of these pop-ups on social media. Like I had no idea about this. And then, you know, as I'm watching people, uh, you know, in the chat, it's so interesting for people to, you know, thank this artist, it's a, and it's a Black guy, you know, thank um, him for speaking openly and honestly about what he's going through. It's like, yeah, dude, man, I needed to know that because, like, you know, I don't really like to be vulnerable and share that kind of SHIT with people, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, they're, they're really thanking him for opening up because then they feel like they can open up. So, you know, it, it, it's just sort of like, if, if something like that could go viral, I think that's a good viral thing, you know what I mean? Like starting to have those um, conversations. I also appreciate that you place this in the time of COVID because it our, our world sh- sort of shut down. The things that help us keep um, healthy when we can do them is you know social connection. And here we were, like all this you know physical distancing and you know stuff where you know I don't I don't know about you, but I lost uh, you know two family members during this time and you know, didn't have a chance to go to their funeral or say goodbye or anything like that because it was right in the like right at the height of the pandemic. So yeah, it was a very, very uh, secluded time. And I have to say, like I don't even want to take credit for that. Like I kind of say it was just a God-given thing. Like I it just worked out that way. I had planned to release it that year and it ended up being very necessary and very timely. Mm-hmm. and needed at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I, I won't even say like I saw like COVID hit and then I was like, okay, I'm going to create yeah. this thing. It was just like, I had this thing and it was like, okay, this can really help people right now. And yeah. and one other point too, from what you said as well as you talked about like this other artist that talked about what they went through. Like I realized too, something I learned through this process is there's power and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. When you allow yourself to we, we feel like it, you're actually your strongest when you kind of hide everything or when you are more stoic but you really have there's really a power in opening up or or being vulnerable or sharing more about yourself you know there's really there truly is a power in that and I've, I've learned that through this process for sure yeah and I think definitely you know I've been um thinking about like I started the podcast as well during um <laughs> during COVID because well I'm at home and not that I didn't have anything to do I had plenty to do but it's like uh I just needed another kind of outlet and um so I talked to a lot of people about you know how did I make this pandemic purposeful so you know when we engage in these activities even though they weren't on our radar this was not what we had planned um suddenly um you know this time has been purposeful either to help ourselves and to help other people so you're also doing a film. Is that right? That um, everything will be all right is also a film project. Is that right? Yeah. So this is this whole everything will be right. It's just it's a complete project. Like it's a, it's a, I call it an art project because it's so many different things. But yes, I actually mm. created a, a documentary film as well around everything will be all right. So there's a, a documentary that talks more into the uh, it, it speaks on not only uh, diving deeper into the how the how the whole project started but um also allows me to talk a little bit more about myself and my own story and also i speak on some of the traumas that i dealt with as well and um you kind of get get a nice taste of some of my live music as well so there's a performance that you can see throughout the documentary as well and it's actually some of the music that's on the b-sides everything will be all right project so there's actually two music projects there's the original everything will be all right and then there's the everything will be all right b-sides which is mainly a live music album but also has some remixes and and some unreleased songs on there too but 
but yeah, it's 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 a nice little deep deeper dive into the everything will be all right project um, through film. Yeah, and so let me ask you another question. This is going to be um, so you've been in LA now what two two and a half years? I'm actually right on my fourth year. It's gone by oh <laughs> two, four years. Yeah, see yeah. see this is what happens when you're kind of locked in your own house. Two years just go by and you don't even remember them. So how is it being in LA now? Um, it's it's been it's really great right now, honestly. I mean, I, I've been grateful to be able to find. I, I've been connected with a tribe here. Uh, I'm also a community manager for a workspace and creative community called The Rattle. Um, we're based. It's based in the UK and in LA. Um, I started out as just as a member, which is a whole nother part of my story as well, because I joined and was a paying member for this for this organization when I couldn't afford it. And but I was like, something is telling me that I should do it. And through that, I've been able to connect with a lot of um, really cool creatives and, and find people that are like-minded and, and are supportive. And I have a space to try things out and do things at. So it's been um, it's been a really great experience. So thankfully, because again, people, I've, I've been able to connect with some amazing uh, people and other creatives in a network. So it's, it's been great right now. You know, I'm, I'm stable. So everything, everything's good. right now. <laughs> So everything will be all right. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's so interesting. You talk about like joining, um, you know, groups or clubs or things like that. I had um, tried to, well, I was trying to join a social club because when I moved back to LA, LA is really a kind of interesting town. You know, it's kind of like, it's like everybody knows each other, but if you don't know them, then you don't get to be invited in. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't, I'm not speaking ill of LA. It's just sort of how LA works a little bit and probably how many places work as people get older, you know, they're married couples, everybody knows each other. They got their groups and you're kind of the newbie at kind of a different age. And I don't know, I had a hard time sort of fitting in. So I thought, oh, let me join this social club. And just as I was like getting ready to join this social club, COVID hit and, and not only did they have to shut their doors, but they actually went out of business. So it was really kind of like, oh man, but um, the, the idea of trying to find your tribe, like where's your tribe is, is so critically important, especially if you're kind of a newbie in a new, in a new place. Um, and maybe you don't know anybody, you don't know a lot of people. So I'm glad you found that space. And not only did you find a space, but it helped you find new work, right? So you're, you're actually working there now too. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. It's been amazing. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed for sure. Yeah. So what are some of the other projects that, that you do? I mean, I know you have this particular project and it is, it's focused on a particular kind of issue, if you will, but there are lots of other things that you say that you have interest in and that you like to do. So what are some of the other things that you're sort of like thinking about or have already done that you want people to know about? Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, well, one, one thing that's been really cool is uh, I created a, um, festival called a love fest which uh, was based around the brand that i created and we've done that um for for five years this will be our um this will be technically our seventh but we kind of took a break this past year due to COVID. but uh we're so i we've been doing that and it's based in fine art and music uh and we also have built in some sort of education around it too which has been really great it started in atlanta but we're going to be moving and continuing to do more of that in um in la and and going to continue to spread that which has been really great. And then again, also um, my uh, this platform that I co-founded called Tone, aka Tone.Vision, uh, which has been really great. Uh, it's it's basically our own platform to be able to share our long form content. So I, I'm very happy you can get, you can see uh, interviews, um, music videos, short films, documentaries, podcasts, just a bunch of different um, types of, of, of long form video 
that you can watch. It's basically our own, you know, if you want to have like a Netflix or HBO or whatever, like it's our own, our own version of that. Um, it's black owned oh, and wow. it's open for uh, different creatives to, to use. So if anybody's interested or is a person that has some quality content that they want to have more ownership in, because now my, my documentary is actually on tone and you can rent it um, through our platform. So mm-hmm. and watch it that way. Um, or, and you can subscribe to tone too. So, but we're always open to bringing more people on and creatives to, to work. So it all, I, it's, it's all these different things, but they all kind of fold under the same umbrella and all make sense at, at yeah. the end of the day together. Yeah. It's like, where do you come up with these ideas? I mean, it's not like they're disparate at all. They all kind of connect, as you say, but, and how do you feed and nurture your creative spirit to kind of come up with these ideas? I, I, I want to say some of, a lot of it is music uh, is, is always like the heartbeat of it, I say. So I, I get inspired from the music that I create because that's always been, before I started doing therapy, that was a portion of therapy for me was it's just, a way for me to be a vessel and and, and lay down ideas and thoughts and, and emotions. And as I kind of consolidate that and put those into their own projects, I can kind of build from there. But it always tends to start from the music. And I mean, the music is inspired by life. It's inspired by things I watch or listen to, books I read, you know, um, just conversations I have. Uh, but I always say that the music is kind of the heartbeat of it. But and then I just think big and I don't kind of I don't limit my thoughts, at least initially, you know, if I end up not having the resource to be able to do something as big as I might like to do. I still figure out a way to do my own version of it that I can do right now. So hopefully for anybody listening, like if you have big ideas, don't paralyze yourself because you feel like the idea is too big. Like, you know, do it even if it's just in the in a small if it ends up being a smaller scale version of it, but at least executing the idea is important. I think that's the rush I get and the high I get off of doing these things is just executing the idea. Um, having an idea, writing it down, taking the steps to make it happen and seeing it come to life and be able to say, yeah, we did that. I mean, that's that's the high for me overall, especially if I'm doing it, knowing that I'm doing it for something that benefits more than just me. So, um, yeah. you know, I know if especially knowing I, I execute an idea and it helps somebody else in some sort of way too, just makes it great. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to snap, clap, thumbs up, all of that, which means um, I'm totally agreeing and more when I thought of doing this podcast like first I would have never thought of doing a podcast. Like I don't even know how that came to my head because I was not a major podcast listener. <laughs> so why would I do something that I don't even really listen to? But I like talking to and getting to know people. And I want people to experience that. Like somehow they're eavesdropping in on a conversation I'm having with an old friend or something, right? Because I get to have really incredible conversations with incredible people, but that's just me and that person. And I was like, gosh, I wish so-and-so could hear this. But when I first started, I can even actually show you. So people can't see this, but I have this notebook. And um, in the notebook, I wrote the idea for the podcast. Um, and I actually drew the logo for the podcast, right? Um, and I just little, like it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I drew the little logo and I had this idea and wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with it. Asked around. And then I said, you know, let me try 15 episodes. That was the big idea. Let me just try 15 episodes and just get them down and and push them out and see what happens. And here I am now on (laughs) almost doing this thing for a year. So uh, it's like, yeah, you know, dream big, go for it. See what happens, you know, give it a try. And if it doesn't work out, I always say, 
you know, sometimes um, failures are great opportunities for learning. So, um, and nothing really is a failure. It's just like, oh, okay, I really learned something there. Let me try it a little bit differently. So I love the idea of, yeah, dream big, go for it, give it a try, see what happens. Kudos to you too for the, for the podcast and and getting this far. Like I said, that's, that's impressive. And you've seen it through and are continuing to do it. So that's. Yeah, I'm pretty amazed at my, I'm pretty amazed at myself. I'm like, wow, okay, what's happening here? You're coming up on a year, but it's been really, really um, enjoyable. And I'm getting very, you know, getting lots of good feedback as are the people who have been guests. So, uh, you know, shout out to all the guests who've given of their time uh, to participate. I'm going to ask you one other question, and it's kind of a circle back to something that you said. And I think it's important you know, hopefully for listeners to to think about or maybe understand what your process was. A lot of times when people are struggling, especially Black folk, Black men or men, but we'll talk about Black men right now, the idea of, I need to go to therapy and just going isn't, isn't quite that easy. So for you, when you kind of were like, wow, I'm going through all of these things. And even though you're telling yourself everything will be all right, what was that process like for you of thinking, I'm going to need a little extra help here. I probably should go see a therapist. Was that like boom, bam, and you did it? Or was it a little bit more complex than that? No, it took time. I mean, like I said, before the project itself, I hadn't gone to therapy. And and I actually, through this process, found out like my mother even considered taking me to therapy as a teenager. And I didn't, I never knew that. Um, I, I didn't know that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I hadn't thought of doing it. It was like one of, and I will, I will say I had thought of it, but I didn't take the initiative on it uh, back mm-hmm. in the back before then but like I said when I had that emotional breakdown that was that was really the kickstarter for me that was like okay I should look into this a little bit more and then as I kept having these conversations and talking to to uh, mental health professionals you know and and having these conversations um, as I was prepping this project it it made me want to start taking the initiative to do it and it normalized it for me too thankfully because you know before it it, like it said it therapy seems like this far off, unaffordable thing, which can be for some people, which is unfortunate, but, and honestly, it's not, it's not as much as we may think sometimes, but it it can be that for people. And that's how I had looked at it before then. And, uh, but then just taking, taking the advice of, of certain people and starting to look into it myself, uh, I, I was able to, to, to start and I highly recommend it now that I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah. I, I feel like everybody should do it. And, I wish that it was as normalized as a dentist appointment or, you know, going to, you know, an eye doctor appointment or or a physical checkup. Like, I wish it was as normal as one of those things for people to be able to do. Like, I, it's it's mental health. Like, it should be that normal to do. Like, it should be it should be a regular thing that people do and should be accessible for everybody to do and it not cost that much. You know, I feel like it should cost like it does for a regular checkup, you know, or a doctor or whatever, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really um, helpful to think about. Cause I know um, sometimes people struggle with the idea, just as you said, it might be stigma. It might be fear of being, you know, thought of as crazy, only crazy people go to the therapist. And I have heard black folks say that, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that's for crazy people. And it's like, okay, hold up, hold up, back up the train um, and helping people to think more, just like, as you're saying, everything will be all right. And also everything will be all right. And you may need some support to have everything be all right. Right. That you don't have to do it alone. Exactly. And I would say too, like, it's not just to deal with like, okay, I'm in a horrible place. Now I need to go to therapy. Like it's not that it's, it's, 
almost like if you would go to the gym regularly, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be that you're in the worst shape of your life. So now you need to go exercise. Like it's, it's, it's a way to analyze yourself, your life as it's happening and even be able to reflect on things that have happened mm-hmm. and be able to understand yourself, your position in this world, how things are happening around you. Like it just is a way to analyze things and, and walk through things and understand things a little bit better. So, mm-hmm. and it's not just a trauma fixer. It's, it, you know, it can be that, and we all deal with traumas big and small. So we all probably, you probably do, anybody listening to this probably has some sort of trauma that they would, it, they could benefit from talking through in therapy, but it's, it's not even just about fixing when you're in a really bad spot. It, sh- it should be also looked at as something that is normal, that even when you're having great days, you can analyze and, and go to therapy as well. So it's, it's like, I said, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm wanting to help, help change that culture of it too, that mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like I said, it's not this far away thing that's that you can't access or it's not just for it's not for crazy people. It's something you can do as regularly as like working out. Yeah. I don't know. That's great. So if you have um, one thing, I always um, ask people if you have one thing that you want to leave people with, like your nugget of wisdom or your wisdom dropping, whatever the heck you want to call it, um, what would be like the one nugget that you would want to leave listeners with? It would be so cliche to say everything will be all right, but <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I say the mantra of, of of my love brand, which is you know, do what you love, spread love, and not to be afraid to put yourself out there to receive love. So I mean, that that's kind of where things start is like find things that you love to do, you know, are are and things that are important to you. Pay attention to those things, follow those things, you know, spread love care for others, realize things are bigger than yourself, you know, and, and have a purpose that's greater than yourself, figure out why, you know, the, the why behind what you're doing something. And hopefully your why is bigger than yourself. So that's another thing. And then vulnerability, don't be afraid to put yourself out there to receive Like When you're vulnerable, when you open yourself up, it, it invites you to get that back from other people. So don't be afraid to be vulnerable and just open yourself up in, in certain situations, you know, Okay, fantastic. Uh, As you said, there is power and vulnerability, and I will double down on that one as well. And um, Alfred, want to thank you so much for joining me on Unapologetically Black Unicorns. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And for our listeners, remember to join in next week. And also, if you can subscribe or comment on your favorite pod platform, that'd be kind of cool. And yeah, I think that's it. So thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week on Unapologetically Black Unicorns.